the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we head into Hour 3, as you head home, it is a delight to have with uh, with us in studio John Shattuck, Congressman Shattuck, uh, representing Arizona's old 4th Congressional District for 16 years. He is the head of Shattuck Associates, LLC, consulting and law firm. John, it's good to see you, man. It's great to be here. As a matter of fact, this is a an odd day. This is a day when I would almost like to be back in. Oh, okay. Uh, the truth is, in my at least in my opinion, uh, Republicans are making a tragic mistake by not doing everything they can and and not exposing uh, Biden on the Ukraine issue. Okay. Uh, this is a blatant. Uh, destructive assault without precedent uh, in the modern area by Putin and Russia uh, attacking a neighbor and trying to conquer it and killing uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people so that it can enslave them. And Republicans are fiddling with the issue. Uh, I am as opposed to endless wars as anybody on the faith face of the earth. Uh, I think I've told you the story about Bush coming to the Capitol when the conservatives were meeting, Republicans were meeting, and Bush said the Vietnam War mistake was letting Lyndon Johnson pick the targets in Vietnam. That may have been a Vietnam War mistake, but the Vietnam War mistake was not going in with plan to win, to win overwhelmingly, and to get back out. The American people deserve that. We should never go to war. But if we have to, we should go in, win, and get out. And yet, we didn't apply that in Vietnam and didn't learn the lesson. We didn't apply it in the Middle East and didn't learn the lesson. And we aren't applying it in uh, uh, the world today. We aren't applying it in Ukraine. Uh, We're letting them wither and die on the vein. Uh, and and it's just insane. Uh, I get it. Our borders are a lot more important than their borders. But uh, as it's kind of trite, we can, in fact, uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. We can, we need to overpower Biden and secure our border, and we need to fund the Ukrainians who are fighting for freedom and fighting against Soviet communism every day with their lives. And we simply have to do both. And for Republicans to sit back and say, well, we've got the ocean between us and Russia, so we can let Russia cover or, or, or dominate, steal, it conquer its neighbors. Guess what? We are about to set the precedent that any country with nuclear power, can attack its neighbors. And no matter what America has written, and we committed to Ukraine in writing, and it's there for anybody who wants to go see it, that when they gave up their nuclear weapons, 
we would defend them. And they're not even asking us to defend them. They're just asking us for the damn equipment. So uh, it, 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 is, it is a day that uh, I might like to be back in and get in that fight. Well, you know, the oceans are, uh, of course, uh, highly protective of us and part of what has kept us not only safe but beautiful. But they don't do an awful lot, as you say, against ICBMs, and they don't do an nope. awful lot against submarine-launched missiles, and they don't do a lot against Chinese or other air balloons or other balloons. They don't do a lot about, against EMP attacks. They don't do a lot about infrastructure attacks. Um, so that is one thing to keep in mind. Um, oceans are important, um, and they have been a blessing. And um, if we want to keep them the blessing that they have been, we'd better get serious about our national defense. Alexander Hamilton said, when you go, you go like Hercules. It's the only way to go. And that was the mistake, of course. It was also the mistake with Iraq. It was also the mistake with Afghanistan that we didn't do that. You're absolutely right. Um, I remember shortly after four contractors, American contractors, were hung from a bridge in Fallujah right after the um, right after the Iraq war began uh, a bunch of talk radio hosts got together national talk radio hosts got together and uh, sent a message uh, to Garcia who was um, then George Bush saying trust us no one knows the mindset of the American people better than we do flatten Fallujah today or tomorrow but flatten Fallujah yep. this war could be over they didn't and we had to go and retake Fallujah four times and extend that war years beyond what was necessary. So we obviously got bogged down um, because of the way we now seem to want to fight wars, which is not to want to fight them. It was offensive to me that Joe Biden only this past week announced 500 more target sanctions against Russia. If he had 500 in his back pocket, yeah, what, was why, he doing what, 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 what took two years? What took two years? And... I just understand that there's a lot of people that are going to hear the kind of talk that you're uh, uh, disseminating in the kind of position that I have on this and say rhinos because I've heard it again and again and again. And I just want to say if we're rhinos on this issue, then so too is Mark Levin, Seb Gorka and Dennis Prager. And so was Ronald Reagan. Right. And so was Ronald Reagan. Now, on that point, John, let's tell the whole truth, which is that idea behind walking and chewing gum, protecting our border while ensuring others, um, that theoretical point has been proven by the actual because Russia invaded no one while Trump was protecting our border. Yep. It can be done. It's not a matter about ability. It's a matter of will. And I will tell you this, as you will agree with me, the moment that Biden, if he were to stop funding anything in the Ukraine or all of the things in the Ukraine, would show no difference on this border. Yep. The border None. problem is irrespective of the Ukraine problem. It's about the president of the United States of America. And if it weren't for the way Joe Biden had acted in Afghanistan, Russia would not be today in Ukraine. I don't know what more to say. It this, is not. This is, a pro- this is a problem of Joe Biden's, not a problem of America. But it's a a problem that we, that we create and indulge and do it again and again and again. Yes, sir. And I that agree. is will. It's not a matter of ability or capability. It's a matter of will. Uh, 
I think Ronald Reagan's principles were timeless. Uh, you can go back to them at any point, uh, whether it's today or, in my view, a hundred years from today, and and they hold true. And I believe he said pretty clearly the only way to preserve peace is to prepare for war. And if we were prepared for war and if we made that clear to our challengers and enemies around the world, they will cower. It's such an interesting point that when Reagan was first elected, as when Donald Trump was first elected, the worry and the hand-wringing from the liberals was they're warmongers, they're going to set off nuclear Armageddon, they're going to bring on nuclear winter, they are going to wreck the international um, the international, uh, uh, inter- international um, state of peace, when the truth of the matter is that there was never more peace than when Donald Trump was president, including yep. where administration after administration had failed with regard to the Middle East, and there was never more um, opportunity and exploitation of ending, finishing the Soviet Union without firing a shot than under Ronald Reagan. How in the world can you and I be called rhinos when our argument is we should keep our word? We went to Ukraine uh, after it broke away from the Soviet Union, and we said, you have a very large stock of nuclear weapons. We're uncomfortable with that, but we recognize you are fearful of Russia, and you should be. So here's our proposal, which was then agreed and adopted by the countries involved, including not just the United States, but by the United States. And some people, I think, don't know this. And the agreement was, if you, Ukraine, will give up your nuclear weapons and surrender them uh, to the other nuclear powers in the world, we, the United States, and I think Germany uh, and others, United Kingdom, China, France, all said, we will defend you if Russia attacks. Mm -hmm. And today, We are reneging on that promise. Again, they're not asking for our soldiers. They're just asking for the equipment. And we are slow walking the equipment. And thousands of Ukrainians are nonetheless defending themselves and dying. We shouldn't be America in name only. We'll be right back. That was the war part. We're going to do the love part. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. All right, uh, John, we did the war part. We're now moving into the love part. John and I were lamenting on the way in that we're both romantics, um, at least uh, politically, but probably personally, too. And uh, we can we can give love advice on the personal front, perhaps. It's probably better to take it from him than from me. But when it comes to politics, let's start with that. Um, by romantic, I say it often. Um, that I believe that politics is the most serious of businesses because it's about the stakes of saving or losing your country, your community, and ultimately, if you lose those, your family. Because as Aristotle pointed out, we were talking a lot about this yesterday in his first chapter in the book on politics, that as important as the family is, unless you have uh, a polis that can maintain and secure it, You will not long have the institution of the family. So when we enter the realm of uh, November agonistes, things about elections, things about politics, uh, we as uh, Republicans um, 
do something that Democrats used to do and learned to stop doing, which was um, cannibalizing themselves and their party. So uh, I believe, without putting words in your mouth, you were taken with a few asterisks uh, by an op-ed essay that uh, I wrote along with Dean Reeson and your lifelong friend Steve Twist yesterday with regard to Republicans who uh, at this moment are uh, opposed to voting for, uh, let's say, Carrie Lake was the op-ed. And that our larger point here, or our main point here, was when you look at what the Democratic Party stands for today, and we raised a whole series of issues, and you look at what they would do if they take control of the Senate and if, heaven forfend, uh, but a possibility that a Democrat is president, we will no longer recognize this country within six months. That's the stakes. That's a reason to be romantic about a candidacy of any Republican. Um, We can disagree on certain policies here and there. You were quoting Ronald Reagan in the previous segment. Um, I would rather someone I am 90% on the side with than 99% against. And uh, it's not just me at this point. It's about my country. Take it away. It's interesting to me that when you get down to this examination of politics, I indeed I am a romantic. Um, even in the conscience of a conservative, which any of your listeners can pick up and read in a single night, maybe in two hours. Uh, Goldwater makes the point that the Democrats and socialism look exclusively at the material world and Republicans and conservatives look at the material world, but also at the spiritual world. And, you know, to us, Uh, The principles and the values uh, set forth by the founders address both parts of human of the human condition, Uh, that it that it isn't just that everybody have material goods. It is that they they believe in a higher being and they have an aspiration which needs to be fulfilled to do the right thing thing. And uh, I guess that makes us uh, romantics. Uh, I certainly feel like I'm a romantic. And I certainly feel that uh, politics devoid of pursuing what is right or good and just meeting material needs is meaningless. Uh, it, It has no value. The root difference between the conservatives and the liberals of today is that conservatives take account of the whole man, while the liberals tend to look only at the material side of man's nature. The conservative believes that man is in part an economic and animal creature, but that he is also a spiritual creature with spiritual needs and spiritual desires. What is more, these needs and desires reflect the superior side of man's nature and thus take precedence over his economic wants. Conservatism, therefore, looks upon the enhancement of man's spiritual nature as the primary concern of political philosophy. 
Liberals, on the other hand, in the name of a concern for human beings, regard the satisfaction of economic wants as the dominant mission of society. They are, moreover, in a hurry, so that their characteristic approach is to harness the society's political and economic forces into a collective effort to compel progress. In this approach, they fight nature. And that's from? Well, I'd like to say memory, but it's actually probably from the pen of Mr. Bozell and Mr. Shattuck under the title tutelage of Barry Goldwater in the conscience of a conservative. I think so. Yeah. So that's out of the book. Right out of the book. I, um, my memory didn't fail me. Your memory didn't <laughs> fail you. And when Barry Goldwater uh, first became nationally famous, I was talking about this with Hugh Hallman uh, yesterday. He gave uh, several speeches in the 1960s that were um, eminently prominent. And most people remember and recall the 1964 convention speech, his convention speech. But I believe that these days his 1960 speech is perhaps more um, trenchant because after the nominate, after the effort to nominate him failed and the audience is going to get tired and I'm going to get hoarse talking about it, but I think it's the most important lesson we can learn, so I'm going to repeat it under the notion that repetition is the essence of pedagogy. <laughs> Barry Goldwater did not get the nomination. The convention was um, upset, and he gave a speech that said if you want – to defeat the blueprint of socialism, which is represented by the Democratic Party, then grow up, conservatives, and put your shoulder to the wheel for Richard Nixon. Grow up. Be mature. Blueprint for socialism. John, a blueprint is a draft. We're in kinetic territory right now. It's no longer a blueprint for socialism. And the point that Shadig and Reeson and I were making yesterday is that if you look at the Democratic Party today, this is a party that boasts a governor who is called Republicans Neo-Nazis. It's a party that has turned a blind eye toward rioting. It has made vice president someone who encouraged such rioting and bailed out the rioters. It's a party that can put justices on the Supreme Court who refuse to tell you what a woman is, won't define it. It's a, it's a party that supports in efforts to encourage children to change their biological sex and conceal those efforts from their parents. It's a party that doesn't believe 1776 was our founding date. It's a party that believes race should dictate privileges and positions and immunities rather than character, brain, and morality. It's a party that wants to legalize dangerous uh, drugs. It's a party that believes you should teach five-year-olds Uh, inappropriate lessons in behavior. It's a party that believes it's okay for men to compete in women's sports and for men to enter and use women's bathrooms and showers and locker rooms at every age. It's a party that has shoveled billions of dollars to the leading state sponsor of terrorism in the world while it wants to reduce and crib the power of our only hour our only ally in the Middle East. It's a party that wants to create another carbon copy of Iran or Syria in the Middle East. It's a party that wants to secure other nations' borders with weapons and taxpayer dollars while neglecting its own border. And it's a party that wants to strip First and Second Amendment rights from the law-abiding while elevating the rights of violent criminals above those of their victims. How anyone who can call themselves a Republican can vote for someone or abstain from voting and supporting someone who opposes all that is beyond me, and I'd love your response when we come right back. Congressman John Shattuck is my guest. Delighted to have him in studio. John, I, um, in the previous segment, was outlining what uh, self-satisfied or self-morally uh, important um, uh, views of one's own code of conduct 
uh, will um, lead to if they elevate that above the needs of their community, which will destroy the blessings of liberty of this country in refusing to vote for a Republican they find personally distasteful, given and going up against a party that is now entrenched, drenched, and dripping with a socialism that will destroy this place. Feel free to... uh, So uh, I would be thrilled to get credit for having uh, contributed to the op-ed, but it wasn't Reeson, Shattuck, and Liebson. It was Twist, Reeson, and Liebson. So uh, in fairness, he gets the credit. Uh, I guess the other point I want to make is... How clearly that is true and how sound the volumes are of conservatism. When you look at it, I think one of the points you started to make was this is no longer a blueprint for socialism. They have pretty much completed the entire building uh, and they are teetering at the edge of having finished it and then extending it. And they have fooled uh, millions of Americans in doing so. As a matter of fact, uh, as uh, we've gone through the last year or so, uh, I think there was a point when we were saying this is now a war between sanity and and insanity yes, or between the crazy and the reasoned or reasonable. Uh, when you look at a political party that says uh, children uh, who are three, five, eight, ten years old should be able to make decisions about uh, what gender they are, not tell their parents uh, and yet get uh, government assistance to uh, carry out their wishes and policies on and on beyond that, coddling criminals and saying, well, we can't have cash bail because that punishes the poor. So what we're going to do is let those people back out on the street immediately, which is what we've done in this country, and let them victimize uh, the law abiding again. Uh, they, they, the Democrats, are no longer a party of reason. They're a party of uh, the bizarre, not even the normal. So uh, we are in a lot of trouble. It does call upon all of us to engage in the fight. One of the other things that uh, I think heartens me and disheartens me is that uh, the MAGA that uh, Biden derisively attacks every time he speaks are the normal in America. There are they are people who want uh, traditional values, but they want them updated to today's standards of uh, thinking and and tolerance. But the left wants to throw out common sense, common sense, and adopt crazy policies that uh, betray what we what we stood for as a nation uh, and instead adopt the most radical idea out there that anyone uh, happens to float. And uh, I only hope that uh, the MAGA uh, adherents uh, learn uh, the game uh, 
as time goes on and recognize that we need, we the hard right, need to be appealing. I, I, I kind of wish, I think I've said this before, uh, Newt, Gingrich, and Denny Hastert, and uh, Tom DeLay, and Dick Army, uh, and even John Boehner, uh, coached us again and again and again. They won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We need to make sure that Republican candidates demonstrate that they care and and convince people that they can be trusted. Uh, and if we can get to we to where we're at that point where people look at us and trust us because our answers are rational and uh, normal and centered, uh, then we can win elections, which is what we have to do. John Shattuck and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Congressman John Shattuck, the head of Shattuck Associates, LLC, is my guest in studio. John, uh, people may find it uh, alarmist to speak about the socialist uh, impulse of the Democratic Party today. Um, it was attempting it in 1960. They've had a lot of time, effort, and money spent entrenching it, particularly through our schools, not just our universities, elementary and secondary. And I have to tell you, when we think back on our quoting from the conscience of a conservative of Barry Goldwater's, as we were doing earlier, and how the Democrats and the left and the liberals, he actually used the word liberals, the liberals were fighting against nature, capital N, in his rendering of it, or your dad's or your dad's with Mr. Bazell, but Barry Goldwater's uh, name on it. Um, the, um, the lessons from anyone who reads Karl Marx conclude with the notion that human nature is amenable to the bendings of other humans, that the perfected man, the new socialist man, can change human nature. That's what Karl Marx, among other things, wrote and stood for. And you get the sense of, when you were mentioning the children, perhaps the biggest tell in all of this, when about eight, eight months ago, eight, nine months ago, you had not only the head of the teachers' unions— but you had the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States saying such things as, when the children are in school, they're not their parents, they're ours. That rang to me familiar to anyone who knows anything about how the Soviet Union operated, how China operates today, and how Cuba has operated, perhaps. Yep. I, I don't know enough about North Korea, but I'm going to bet that it's right in line and in league with them. The idea of the state becoming, or the school as an apparatus of the state, and it is a public school, that is to say a government school, the government of the school, uh, uh, the uh, government school apparatus of the state becoming more, something far more than just in loco parentis, that is to say responsible for the safety and well-being of your children while they're there, to an all-encompassing parents patriae where the state becomes the parent of the child. 
And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the teachers unions very much believe that. So for those that think this notion that the Democratic Party uh, is socialist, is alarmist, look at the rhetoric. Simply look at the rhetoric and answer me this. Are more socialists joining the Republic, the, the uh, Democratic Party in Congress and then the United States Senate Absolutely. state legislatures or are fewer? Actually, I am shocked when some people sometimes say to me, John, do you wish you were there still uh, or would you ever want to go back? Uh, I say the place has changed. Um, I think we had uh, maybe one outright socialist and two or three leaners when I was there. Today, if you look closely at the avowed philosophy of uh, the Democrats, there are there are many uh, who pretty much uh, acknowledge that they are, in fact, socialist. Or, endor- com- or endorsed by the Democratic Socialists of America. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. Uh, and the ones who don't uh, are only afraid that if they did, they couldn't get elected. Right. So their beliefs are, in fact, uh, in parallel with or uh, uh, they agree with the socialist philosophy and wish America were uh, socialist or at least more socialist, uh, that number's higher than the avowed socialists. Uh, and, and, and it is, uh, to me, stunning that that is happening in America and scary. Uh, the views of the woke and of the radical left are antithetical to everything the founders understood uh, about human nature and put into our founding doc- documents. And these people don't just not want them. They are anxious and excited about throwing them overboard. Uh, so that that's a, that's a real threat. And they are working in the schools every day to accomplish that. And while they occasionally will admit say something like you quoted uh the vice president the president and uh, the head of the biggest teachers union all saying essentially uh we want to, yeah. yeah they're ours we the government should raise them uh most of the time they conceal that right. belief right. because they recognize that if the american people who um are challenged in finding that time to pay attention uh would get mad if they understood that's what the woke want. That's what the radical left wants. And and one of the biggest fights early on when I was in Congress was education reform. And we did uh, education reform under uh, President Bush. And, and it was tragic in its failure to make the kind of dramatic changes we desperately needed. Uh, it was you and Pete Hoekstra and a few others. Yep. Uh, Bob Schaefer from Colorado and kind of John Boehner was the chairman of the committee. And 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 it it did so it did so little. I think I actually voted against it at the end. We all did. Uh, Not we all, but uh, the common sense of us at the uh, end. I wasn't in Congress, but I was in Washington. We were urging the vote that uh, that would have been against it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do float these balloons once in a while to see just where the American people are. Um, you tell me if Steny Hoyer 
and Nancy Pelosi were to announce a rally, a rally in their districts, would they get more people than if Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez announced a rally in Steny Hoyer or Nancy Pelosi's districts? The answer, answer the question answers itself. Absolutely. Uh, the more radical you are, you are, the more people you can spin up. Yep. Uh, but the others, you know, so what's the problem with the Republican Party? The answer is if you are driven by government power and the ability to spend, life is a lot easier than being driven by freedom uh, and encouraging people to take responsibility for their own lives. John Shattuck, bless you, sir. Thank you. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-Refi-24. Y-Refi offers an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio that really invests a ton of flexibility and control in you. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. You can... Have peace of mind and that there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. There are absolutely no fees, and you get a monthly statement with no surprises. Best of all, with Y-Refi, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. That's right, 10.25% fixed rate of return with Y-Refi. And they're headquartered here locally. You can visit with them. I have been to their offices many a time. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You won't get a sales pitch. You won't be asked to sign anything. If you don't go visit them in person, again, check them out online at investyrefi.com. In his book, The Conscience of a Conservative, what Barry Goldwater writes right after talking of the liberals fighting against nature, right after writing about the liberals' fight against nature— he writes, surely the fr- it's, it's amazing how timeless truths can be, folks. How timeless, how the verities of the world, life, love, politics, you name it, don't expire. Because this could have been written today. He writes, surely the first obligation of a political thinker is to understand the nature of man. The conservative does not claim special powers of perception on this point, but he does claim a familiarity with the accumulated wisdom and experience of history, and he is not too proud to learn from the great minds of the past. Think about that humility, folks, the great minds of the past and the experience of history. Why do you think the left wants to destroy history and our history particularly, especially at that, whether by riot in the streets whether by uh, municipal action in town halls and uh, at city councils with statues, or why do you think they try and affect it by doing so in our curriculum? For a reason. For a reason. The first thing the conservative learns about man, Goldwater writes, is that each member of this species is a unique creature. Man's most sacred position possession is his individual soul, which has an immortal side, but also a mortal one. We cling to it, and we have to cling to it ever harder and ever more firmly, especially as the left wants to divorce us and our country from it. Resist it. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. Until tomorrow, on behalf of Mr. Bill and young David and Teresa, 
and all the rest here. I'm Seth Liebson. God bless and class dismissed. Oh, and one other thing. When you put your recyclables in the recycle bin, don't put them in a bag. Okay. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.